Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm a mother, wife, herbalist, nurse, and obsessed with wellness. I can't wait to talk all about what I've learned through my two postpartum experiences, motherhood, my own healing journey, and more. Let's discuss herbs for kids, healing postpartum, the struggles and joys of motherhood, science, and more as we grow together. This month's webinar is going to be on herbs for mood support. I cannot wait to teach you guys all about this because herbs can help so much with anxious thoughts, low mood, overwhelm, all the things that moms and everybody else in life experiences. I'm going to focus on herbs that are safe for breastfeeding so that you know you can take them postpartum because that's very important to me and important to you guys. I hope that I'll see you there. It's on March 26th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and the cost will be $30. You can sign up at the link in the show notes. Before we get started today, I just want to do a disclaimer. Um, I am not a doctor. I am not diagnosing or treating or curing any diseases. This is a podcast just for informational, educational purposes only. If you feel that you need to work with a healthcare practitioner, please do. If you feel that you need to work with an herbalist, please do. Just know that in the United States, um, herbalists have no licensing body. And so um, you never know what you're going to get. So make sure that you do your research into what your herbalist knows and who they know and how they know. Um, but I'm just disclaiming for this podcast, this is for informational purposes only. And I hope that you find lots of information in it. Hi, Susie. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited we get to chat today. Um, do you want to tell everybody about yourself? Yes, I would love to. I'm so excited to see you. I love chatting with you. Um, so yeah, I'm Susie, pronouns she, her. I live right now in Corning, New York, which is near the Finger Lakes, kind of upstate New York. Um, I'm in my last year of my master's degree program uh, studying women, gender, spirituality, and social justice. And my research is the field of motherhood studies, which I didn't even know there was a field of motherhood studies um, before I started. And it's just great. So I apply what I call an intersectional feminist lens to the experience of motherhood and motherhood as a path of liberation, both personal liberation and spiritual liberation. And then I run Mother Bloom, which is a one-on-one -on -one coaching program, and then also a group experience that we do a couple times a year. That's so amazing. And just so everybody knows, I did Mother Bloom when it was like the beta, yeah. and um, I loved it. So don't be surprised if we talk about it a lot, because <laughs> it was integral to my version of motherhood, I think. So yeah, um, and so I didn't know that about the motherhood either um, in the studies. That's amazing. Yeah, That's so this cool. whole field and it crosses all of the different, you know, you've got anthropological people who are studying yeah. the, the history and the experience of motherhood. You've got sociologists looking at how social and political systems affect motherhood. I look at it from kind of a spiritual um you know, feminist lens. So yes. we know um, Adrienne Rich wrote this amazing book in the 70s of Woman Born. And she says in the very opening of her book, you know, we know more about the air we breathe and the seas upon which we live than we do about the experience of motherhood. Wow. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's, yeah. I have chills. Yeah. <laughs> Five <laughs> seconds in and chills, Susie. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I mean, we're going to talk all about the different parts of mothering, but kind of, you know, what we're going to focus on is just like that postpartum and that like change from, and I hate saying the way that it's said, but you know, it's a really great way for everybody to know that change from maiden to mother. Yeah. Um, yes. And that's, you know, how that can be. But um, what do you, let's, well, let's just dive in. What that's called matrescence. Can you tell yes. us about matrescence? Because that is like our jam. <laughs> it's our jam. <laughs> so matrescence is the process of becoming a mother. So the term was coined in the 70s. Um, anthropologist, actually, Dana Raphael, came up with it. Uh, it's being repopularized again by psychologist Aurelia Ephan. So the easiest way to think about it, matrescence like adolescence, right? So we recognize what is involved in that transition from childhood to adulthood, all the physical, mm -hmm. social, hormonal, intellectual changes. Um, but we don't have language around this transition from maiden to mother. And I think 
the fact that we don't have language around this transitional period really speaks to our failing as a society to mm -hmm. kind of honor the importance of childbirth as this incredible transformational period of time in a woman's life. Um, mm -hmm. And then the, what, what the, the real problem that this creates is the pathologizing of what is actually a normal experience. So I have a 12-year-old son, and we are just starting to get into this puberty mood swings. So we, mm -hmm. we right now make allowances for teenagers and their dramatic mood swings, right? We yes. At the dinner table, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just sort of bursts into tears or fury and storms upstairs and slams the door. My husband and I are like, okay, that happens. But when mm -hmm. a new mother has dramatic mood swings, we right away diagnose her with postpartum depression and put her on medication. And I, I want to be very clear. Postpartum depression is real. I had it myself. Um, mm -hmm. So this is not to say that there isn't, you know, a need for support there. But I suspect that a lot of PPD symptoms could be alleviated by more social and political support. Yes. Um, you know, personal support, spiritual support, physical, hormonal support, which I know mm -hmm. is your is your jam. Mm -hmm. So when this is when as a society we can learn to recognize the period of matrescence and even start to have language right whenever i type the word matrescence in google docs they're like you spelled it wrong i'm like no i didn't you just don't know no i didn't <laughs> yes yes same <laughs> yeah. yeah so that is that is in a nutshell the matrescence yes yes and that i i completely agree with you i do think that a lot of postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression um could be alleviated or even, um, you know, brought to a lesser state with right. that support or that, um, you know, not being on the Facebook mom groups, but being right. going, I can trust my intuition. This feels correct for me. And that yes. being supported, um, yes. you know, unfortunately at our age, I think that our mothers were the first ones that were no mom, you're not doing it right. We need to do right. it a different way. And so I think that that has kind of, we're separated even further from that like generational knowledge and that like just trusting like, I'm a woman, I had a baby, I know how to take care of them. Um, yeah. I think that we've just gotten further and further away from it. But that kind of brings me to like, what what do you think is the most misunderstood part of mothering? I think- It's hard. The, well, I know. <laughs> Um, I think the most misunderstood part is that mothering should center the child. So again, I'm going to quote Adrian Rich because Adrian mm -hmm. Rich is like my hero. Um, but it. she really delineates between motherhood as a patriarchal institution and mothering mm -hmm. as a period of empowering experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think right now we, we, we don't have language to understand both and we, and we think that one involves the other. Um, and we have really centered the child in the motherhood experience. And again, I think we needed mm -hmm. to do that, right? A hundred mm -hmm. years ago, we were just like, we had no idea about attachment theory and the emotional development mm -hmm. of children. So in the middle of the 20th century, when we started to learn about that stuff, it was like, oh, wow, we actually need to hug and kiss our children and, you know, mm -hmm. tell them that we love them and like mm -hmm. not do the whole children should be seen and not heard thing. So yeah. the pendulum needed to shift a little bit, right? In order to honor the needs of the child. Um, but sometimes I think we take it too far. And I think mm -hmm. that especially mothers of our generation, you know, I hear my mom all the time. She's like, gosh, you guys, it's so much harder to be a mother now. And I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of that is because we have centered the child so much and left the mother out of the experience. Um, and I think yeah. mother mothering as an experience should center the mother as that mm -hmm. opportunity to access higher levels of self-awareness. It's like the most empowering experience of yeah. possibly a woman's life. And that, yeah, there, <laughs> I can <Yeah>. keep going. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I love what you said that. I, I always try to tell people, and especially in my like postpartum planning session. So especially like first time moms who haven't had a kid, I always try to tell them like, when you have a child, the way, the most woo-woo way ever, but this is the way I see it. You, when you are delivering your baby, cesarean or um, vaginal birth, you are splitting open and reaching yeah. into the heavens and grabbing your baby and bringing them earthside, but yes. you are left split open. Yeah. And so, you know, when it comes to the other ancient cultures, they're doing like 
warming things and binding of the bones and getting all the air out so that your body can come back together and things like that. But our culture doesn't do that. We leave mama split wide open alone with this new life. And so I think that you know, trying to center a little bit around mother and trying to have this, you know, this new person that you've become kind of, you know, come back together as a person. I mean, it's just, it's so huge, probably the biggest thing that's ever happened in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and just the fact that it's not honored at all in our culture right. is so challenging. Um, yeah. You know, but I do like to, when I try to put, you know, the silver lining on it, I try to say, you know, in in Chinese culture, when a pot breaks, you put gold in where the pot is and you put it back together. And then once you've put the pot back together with the gold in the cracks, it becomes more beautiful than it ever was and more more worthy and yes. um, and worth money <laughs> than it ever yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. And so I try to explain, you know, postpartum is when you're finding the gold to put in the cracks. And it's not until we're, you know, probably in the crone age when we can right. look back and see how valuable we are and how valuable those cracks have made us. Um, and so that's, those are kind of, you know, I love woo and I love like adding in little like pieces of culture in there. I think that's where you and I get along quite well, but yeah, that's kind of degree in women's spirituality. I'm super woo. <laughs> so I'm speaking your language you or totally yeah. But yeah, so I think that, you know, just the fact that that's not like honored or praised or anything like that. In fact, we're told to sit down and shut up about it. We don't want to hear about you bleeding. We don't want to hear about your cracked nipples. We don't want to hear about you engorged and bleeding and sweating. In fact, if you're going to breastfeed in front of us, um, you better do a bottle or you better be covered up. All of your mothering better be in quiet and silence and alone. Yep. And that's just, and it starts from the very first second you have your kid. And it's yeah. just hard. Yeah. It's hard. There we go. To that point, how can a mom process matrescence when they have, you know, when they're being told to be quiet and go away and yeah. don't be seen and we want to come see the baby. You can go, you can go away. We're going to take the baby. You can go take a nap. We're going to take the baby. How yeah. can a mom process matrescence through that? Well, I think, I think I want to go back to what you said about, about birth um, and I, I, I use this example in one of my papers, um, the idea of the dark night of the soul, right? And so in mm -hmm. major spiritual yeah. traditions, there's this concept of the dark night of the soul, which to me is childbirth. It is this transcendent, transformative experience that fundamentally changes you. It's, it is a collapse mm -hmm. of the life that you used to have and an awakening into the new version of yourself, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's this concept of the mother is birthed with the child. The mother never existed before. Even if you already had a child with your next child, you, you are existing anew. So mm -hmm. one of mm -hmm. the easiest things to say to process matrescence is, is first find your people. Find the people who share your values around motherhood and it makes everything easier. And this might take some time. How many times a new mother hears this? When will, she, when will you go back? As in back to work back to your mm -hmm. pre-baby weight, back to having sex, basically back, when will you go back to the way you were before you were a mother? Because we're uncomfortable right. with a new person, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's such a discouraging, like devaluing of motherhood. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. great. You've just had this transcendent experience and you're a completely new person with like a literal new person to take care of. And all we're worried about is what size jeans you are going to be. Like, I, so I think when you're processing matrescence with all the other demands of motherhood itself, it mm -hmm. starts with recognizing that you are a new person and which means your values have shifted your identity. I've been a yoga teacher for over 12 years. And so we talk a lot about the ego and the ego as identity and the mm -hmm. ego isn't a bad thing. It's what helps right. you experience the world in this human form. Um, yeah. But it's when we over-identify with the ego. And until you become a mother, it's really easy to over-identify with the, the identity of your career or what kind of car you drive, what kind of clothes you wear. And mm -hmm. then you become a mother. Everything has shattered. You're raw. You're new. And, and finding the support from the people who share these new values, it just makes everything easier. So... Mm -hmm. That was a long way of saying, <laughs> find your people and your people. Yeah. We, we have 
when I had my first son 12 years ago, I found a breastfeeding support group here in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And I'm still friends with those women because we all share the same value around breastfeeding. And yeah. we had different opinions on other things, right? Um, but that to us was such an important experience that mm -hmm. I could show up every week and bear my breasts in front of another group of women and talk about the hardships and everything. Um, mm -hmm. And that was wonderful. And I think now with the internet and with hashtags, like you can find your people like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And so when you aren't getting the support from your mother or your work or your community or your partner, and you feel lost or isolated or confused, then mm -hmm. I don't want to say Instagram will solve all your problems because it certainly won't. <laughs> but sometimes it's yeah. just really nice to hop on to the internet and see, oh, I'm not alone. There are yeah. other people out there. Yeah. And I tell people, you know, honestly, you should carefully curate your um, internet feeds because yeah. it's like, yeah. you don't want to get on. I, I don't ever want mamas to get online and go, I should, I should, I should, I should. Right. Yes. I'd rather them get online and go, me too. Me yeah, too. I love that. And so when I have a mama coming to me and they're like, my postpartum anxiety is off the charts. I, it's a joke, but it's true. The first two things I tell them is quit coffee and get off the Facebook mom groups. This yeah. is the first two things That's I say. Really good advice. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it's, yeah. it's gotten so hard. And I think also through the pandemic, all of this has just compounded. Right. I think, you know, we started, we all moved away from our families. And so we lost that first ring of community. And then we all, you know, were forced to work at home. And then we all were forced to, you know, you can't even go to your mommy and me groups. You can't even, when I was pregnant with my second, which was in 2020, there was no prenatal yoga. So finding people, if I, if I was a first time mom, I wouldn't have been able to find people, yeah. um, at least local people, you know? Um, and so trying to balance that whole, um, you know, living online, I think with like having an in-person community is so, so challenging. And I think that that is really like one of the plagues of motherhood right now is um, being able to find those people um, and going through matrescence on your own, mm -hmm. thinking that no one else is experiencing what you're experiencing. How lonely, you know, and I know that a lot of people define new motherhood as lonely. And that yeah. is... I think part of it, you think that you're the only one, the only one. And I think it's important thing. to recognize too, even when you have people around you, you can still be so mm -hmm. lonely and isolated. Exactly. I mean, right. Exactly. I remember my, my mother-in-law was very supportive. I mean, she would come over and she would help clean and cook and things like that. But she, we, we were talking about centering the mother. She never, she came over for the baby, right? right? She came over to see the baby and she came over mm -hmm. to help them together and everything. Um, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't a centering of the mother experience. Right. Yeah. Right. My own mother talks about her postpartum. She was um, with me. She, I'm, I'm her oldest. So yeah. when she would be three days postpartum, she was doing laundry. She was taking a laundry basket downstairs while her parents were visiting. And her mom mm -hmm. looked at her three days postpartum and said, do you think maybe you should have lost more weight than that? No. Should you go back to the doctor? three days postpartum wearing depends bleeding carrying a laundry basket and that is what's provided from your own mother it's very hard yeah. and it's so ingrained in a lot of people's cultures and way of being um right. i'm i'm blessed that that happened to her because that wasn't how she talked to me <laughs> right exactly right and that goes back to that motherhood as a patriarchal institution when we think of um, motherhood at, is presented to women as the pinnacle, like your life's sole achievement, right? Mm -hmm. And it's every woman's potential to become a mother um, kind of defines her existence. So the, the importance we place on women getting back to their bodies and basically becoming yeah. a woman again, you know, not, not focused mm -hmm. on the baby, focused on the people around her. I mean, that's, that's institution right there. You know, that's not... Mm -hmm. Mothering is an empowering experience. That's, that's the trap. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, how, how lonely and how hard, and especially with people who are, you know, living across the country from their original support system, you know, very yeah. challenging. I, I did that with the beginning of both of my kids. 
that's why I moved cross country to Ohio. I said, I'm done. I need some support. Yeah. But um, so with matrescence, do you think that you go through it again with each child? Is it a new level of matrescence or do you think it's just a new because you, I know you and I have talked before that with each child, you, you, you're a different mom. So it's like, yeah. I wish I could give my first kid, my second kid's mom, yeah, you so know, that kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, again, so at the risk of sounding super woo, because this is what we do here. Um, yes. I think each child that we have is here to teach us something about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So the, the mm -hmm. spirit that is the child, yeah. that spirit inhabits that child's form to teach us something about ourselves. So, so again, this mothering is an empowering experience, not about the child, about the mother. I have these children to teach yeah. me something about myself, to bring yeah. me into deeper levels of self-awareness. So all of, if, if you have multiple kids, think about how different they all are mm -hmm. and how you interact with each of them different. So all of our children challenge us to grow in different ways to meet their different yeah. needs. So our skills as a human necessarily need to evolve. And yeah. Matrescence, you know, matrescence doesn't have a time limit. The process really starts preconception. Like when you start thinking about becoming a mother or adopting, right? When you start mm -hmm. thinking about that process, the process is starting. Um, yeah. Beads up through pregnancy and, and it could really last years after the birth of your child. Mm -hmm. So if you're having a baby every two or three years, you're sort of constantly in this process of identity evolution. Mm -hmm. And your value, again, your values shifting, which causes your ego, your ego does not like things to change. Your ego wants things to stay exactly mm -hmm. the same. So whenever your identity changes, your ego is like, what the, stop it. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. you feel the ground shifting beneath you and like mm -hmm. this loss of identity. Yeah. It's because something major is shifting. Something is transforming. So yeah, mm -hmm. there's absolutely another level of matrescence with each child. Think about Think about becoming a teenager over and over and over again. Like that's basically what's all. When people Painful. say to me, think about adolescence, think about becoming a teenager. I literally say painful every yeah. time. I literally say painful. Now, I never want that to be what people say when they say postpartum. I never want people to just go postpartum, yeah. painful. Right. right. But, <laughs> but we are going through that huge identity shift. and. Yeah. The, there is pain with that, um, yeah. we, we but there, pain. but there's, you know, exactly. There's, there's no growth without some pain. Yes. So, yes. and I think yeah. it wouldn't be as painful if we had better support, right? Sure. And, and we'll yeah. go back to a billion times, like exactly, exactly. Support new moms, and then that. Yeah. I really, 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 so when I had my second, they um, had me do a two-week postpartum visit and a six-week postpartum visit. Mm -hmm. And at the two-week postpartum visit, they had me fill out a, a postpartum depression screening form, which they oh, do yeah. for everyone yeah. now. Yep. So I filled it out and she looked at it and she goes, judging by this, you're at risk for postpartum depression. And I said, okay. And? Right now what? And she goes, okay, well, I'll have you come in next week and I'll check on you. And I said, okay. Well, they called and they canceled my appointment because that office was having issues. And so listen to how someone who didn't have the resources I had yeah. could fall through the cracks like that. Like that. And wouldn't it be nice if instead of at two weeks going back to your OB, who whose business is birthing babies, their business is not mothers, their business is birthing exactly. babies. Yes. If instead of going to them, you could go to like a postpartum support clinic. Yes. A postpartum or even like a lactation consultant or at even someone who could just come to your house instead of you well, having to leave at two weeks postpartum. And that's it, right? I mean, I, I remember going to that postpartum visit and thinking like with my first and I just had a C-section, an emergency C-section. I was barely able to move still. And I remember yeah. thinking probably four hours before my appointment, how do I do this? How do I leave mm -hmm. the house with a baby? Like- I don't know how to do this by myself. Mm -hmm. And if someone could have just come to my house to check on me, you know, and again, like you, I had, I had support. I had people around me. My mom came to visit. I had my mm -hmm. mother-in-law in town and they were wonderful. They came all the time to check on me. Yeah. Um, but the, just the reality is we, we, we expect women to go back, right? There's that mm -hmm. going back. 
just pick up the pieces and be back who you were because we are comfortable with the way you were and we don't like icky, messy transitions. Yeah. 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 And just with the, you know, the lack of support in the, <laughs> I'm going to go there, the medical industrial system. Um, <laughs> Let's go there. <laughs> you know, if we, it, it, again, like you were saying how motherhood is that patriarchal definition of how we want you to act and how it should be. I would say that, you know, a lot of times, unless you can find the right care provider and unless you go within on yourself, birth is the same thing. It is industrialized. It is, um, you know, full of panic. They give you, you know, if you don't do this, something could happen to baby. If you don't do this. And that's a lot of, and so that is how you're starting your mothering journey is by being told, if you don't do this, yeah. you've messed up your kid. Yeah. And that's how yeah. you're showing so, it. It's terrifying. So I just read this fascinating book and it's pretty, it's, it's an academic book, but um, so it's kind of hard to get through, but it's called Birth as an American Rite of Passage. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the premise is, you know, we think of um, rituals and ceremonies around birth as a sort of primitive or maybe like indigenous population. And now we've advanced mm-hmm. medically, technologically. We are a superior society because we have this like very safe, clean birth. Mm-hmm. But really, we, we think that we don't have rituals around birth, but we do. They are mm-hmm. called standard hospital procedures, right? And you think of uh, you know, rituals, you've got the symbols and you have the, what is the symbol of an IV pole? This tells you, you know, the symbol mm-hmm. of having to change into a hospital gown and you have a doctor in a white coat. Like these are very clear ritualistic um, expressions of, of what birth in America looks like. And mm-hmm. the, the book goes on to say these symbols and rituals are designed to impress upon women the patriarchal core values of America. So mm-hmm. the whole thing is designed, it's specific, and it's designed to set you up with, you need to not trust your intuition around birth. You should trust the mm-hmm. experts. You should mm-hmm. give up any sort of like personal um, autonomy and agency over your body and let someone else manage your body. Like it mm-hmm. just goes on and on. And I was reading that I was probably highlighted more than I didn't highlight this birth. And I was, and I would get so angry. I'd want to throw it across the room, but it was yep. such a wake up call because mm-hmm. we, we have been trained to believe that we have this superior birthing experience because it's so safe. And I'm, as I'm sure you are well aware, we have terrible maternity, you know, maternal mortality rates in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're a woman of color. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we have rituals and we have rites of passage and they just aren't to support the woman. They aren't to support the mother. They're to support the patriarchy with a capital P. Yeah. Yeah. And that's to be said, I mean, I had two hospital births, so I I went back. I had all three. Yeah. (laughs) I had all three. I had one and I went back. Yeah. Yeah. Because but, I was scared because it's that fear, right? My first mm-hmm. birth experience, 24 hours, and then eventually an emergency cesarean. So mm-hmm. with my second, I was determined to have a VBAC. And I feel like I did, you know, all the things, um, mm-hmm. acupuncture and herbal support. And yo- I'm a prenatal yeah. yoga teacher. Like I should have been able to own the baby out, right? Right. But I was scared. I was so mm-hmm. scared. And I tried everything I could not to. And I went back to the hospital, had another C-section. So by and that's that's I, part of it is yeah. is um, that fear is yeah. pulling within, and so yeah. you know just being able to, especially if you're in a place where you're basically you've got fluorescent lights over you, people standing around you, looking at you, telling you you're doing something wrong. What? Yes. How could you not be in fear? How could of you course. not? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fear, fear is the opposite of like growth. You know, we grow when Mm -hmm. we're challenged. We don't grow when we're afraid. We shrink. Yeah. 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 That's one of, one of my daily affirmations or mantras or um, words that I say to myself daily. I, I always say, you know, um, like faith over fear. And I don't mean Mm -hmm. that in a God sense. I mean that in a faith Faith in self um, over fear because yeah, fear, you won't grow. And if you make decisions out of fear, you, you actually, you, you put yourself back, you put yourself backwards. And I know with postpartum, I mean, in a full circle, there is so much fear in postpartum. 
Like the fact that you even have to fill out that form at your two to six week appointment to see if you have depression, that's already taking it away from you. You could feel if you have depression, someone doesn't need to have you fill out a form and say, well, due to this form, you have four to 6% of (laughs) how is that helpful? Right. Let's go ahead and put you on medication because how you feel today when you filled out this form, even though you're literally still in the stages for baby blues because you're within 10 days of birth, yeah. how how is that um, bringing any kind of autonomy to a brand new mother who needs to be there for herself and for her kid? Yeah, I remember going to a new mom's group. Um, this was after with my third. So I'd been a, I'd been a mom you know, around the block a couple of times, right? And the subject of postpartum depression came up and, and I was diagnosed with PPD with my second about, it was actually eight months after he was born. It was when, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's like that eight, nine month hormone drop and, you know, the breastfeeding changed significantly. Yeah, it's, the it's the depletion. That is when depletion was, kicks in is eight to nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was diagnosed with postpartum depression because I, we didn't have any other language for it. Of course I'm sad. And we still don't. And, we still don't. We still don't. Right. <laughs> right. So anyway, I'm in my third, third kid, third mom's group, um, subject of it comes up. And I think out of the 12 to 15 women who were there, probably 10 of them raised their hands. And I remember looking at the room thinking, this is not how motherhood is supposed to be. Like Mm -hmm. there's no way homo sapiens as a species would have survived if like 80% of, and that was obviously very small population, et cetera, but Mm -hmm. Moms shouldn't be this sad. Moms, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be this hard to be a mother. Like we're not mm-hmm. going to survive as a species if we keep putting mothers through this, you know? Yeah. And we're yeah. not, and and Susie and I very, you know, we both have our experience with postpartum depression and, and we mean postpartum depression. We're not taking that away from anyone. No. Yes. Um, your reasoning for it is enough. Exactly. If you yes. need to get medication, get medication. There is yes. never any judgment for that. If you yes. don't want to get medication and you want to do other kind of help, no judgment yep. for that either. Talk yep. therapy is amazing. No yep. judgment on that either. If yep. you do what I did, which I don't think anyone should do and dig your, you know, literally claw yourself out of a hole with your <laughs> fingernails um, to get yourself out of it. And it takes four miserable years. Just ask my husband. <laughs> You can do it. You can. <laughs> yep. Yep. But don't feel that you can't ask for help and don't feel that postpartum depression isn't real. And it might be because you don't have community and it might be because you're yes. depleted and it might be because of other things. But sometimes when that depression is there, it's there so deeply that you can't do the other things to take care of yourself. Exactly. And so that is really something, you know. I think at least my purpose, and I'm sure part of yours is too, is to get that knowledge out there ahead of time so that before yeah. you feel depressed, you have that knowledge and you can try the other things or you can set up the other things or it can just be less, you know, you because just, I think. You, you have, yeah, you have the lens to recognize. You can you can yeah. make the distinction, you know, and, and I think my therapist, because um, I've been on and off, I've been on and off depression medication for years. I'm, I'm currently back mm-hmm. on it. And I had a therapist recently tell me, she's like, you know, don't even think about it as a crutch. Think of it like stilts. There is so much to be stressed and sad and worried and scared about in society today. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're feeling all of that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you physiologically. It doesn't mean there's anything like quote unquote wrong with mm-hmm. your brain. This medication is to help you like it's stilts. It's to get you above what everything is going on mm-hmm. so that you can see the horizon and you can do do the things, you know, take the walk, yeah. drink your water, do your yoga, all the things that we're supposed to yeah. do that depression prevents us from doing. So yeah, it doesn't matter why you're depressed, yeah. whether it's uh, hormonal or mental or lack of support. Mm-hmm. There's no wrong way to, or right way to get, to be depressed. Right. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. a very real thing. Yeah. Just like there's no right way to become a mom. There's no right way to go through matrescence. There's no right way. There isn't. And it doesn't matter what you what books you read or who you know or how your grandmother went through it. You're going to do it different because, like you said, there's a whole lot of different stuff going on right now. Yeah. This is yep. not the world that your mother brought you into does not exist anymore. It doesn't. Yeah. So it's not going to be the same. And I think yeah. that is key. So what do you wish that you yeah. could tell every single first, first time mom? So okay. they've heard us talk now and now they're absolutely yeah. terrified to have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So let's make it happy again. No, but that's right. And, and I think everything that we've been talking about for the last however long is what I wish I could tell every postpartum mom. But also the work that I'm trying to do in the world, and I think aligns so much with yours, is that motherhood actually can be joyful, which yes. I know someone listening to it at this point is like, you guys haven't even said that word yet. But it can be the most I, I want to find a better word than empowering because I know what I mean when I say empowering, mm -hmm. but it can be joyful. It can be fun. It can mm -hmm. be strength building. It can be it challenging, can be healing. not in a yeah. healing, deeply healing. Like mm -hmm. even though I had a cesarean with my second when I wanted to be back, the process was so healing for me because I had mm -hmm. so much more agency and autonomy in that experience. Yep. So yep. motherhood offers us so many different opportunities. Um, when, when I say challenging, it doesn't mean challenging hard, like, you know, digging a trench. It's challenging, like hiking up a mountain. And it's like, this is hard. And I can feel my muscles aching. And I know I'm going to feel so good when I get to the top. And that's motherhood. Yeah. So yeah. I wish I could say, first of all, I wish I could say to every postpartum mom, like, go take a shower and a nap. I'm going to put your baby in a, I've got this love. I'm going to put your baby in a carrier. I'm going to make you your mm -hmm. favorite meal and clean your kitchen and do your laundry. Um, and then it's challenging and it's empowering and it's magical and it's gut-wrenching in all of the good and bad ways. And motherhood is just, it's, it's the most transcendent experience, I, I feel like, human mm -hmm. beings. And, and we have that opportunity, you know, and mm -hmm. it's, pretty, yeah. it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. I healed in ways that I didn't know were possible between my two different mm -hmm. children. And I had two very different things to heal in my life. Yeah. My first taught me that I can heal myself. And yes. my first Huge. taught me that I don't have to be identified by my family's history of anxiety and depression. That does not yes. have to be my identification. My second taught me to stand up for myself and to and that I am a valuable person. He's still teaching me that. When he yeah. screams at his dad, no, want mama. <laughs> He's still teaching me that. My first wasn't that way. <laughs> yep. And so he, I'm still learning. I'm a valuable person. I can stand up for myself. What I have to say, some people want to hear. And I think that, you know, with each, with each kid, and especially for your first time mom, you are going to learn so much about yourself yes. and it's not all going to be easy, but it's going to be so interesting and so <laughs> worth it for who you're going to be on the other side. Yeah, and you will make it to the other side. <laughs> you will make it, I promise. And we will help you there. <laughs> yeah. Along the same lines, what would you say to every postpartum mama? First, second, third? It, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, I'm sure. But yeah. but what do you wish every postpartum mama could hear? Um, we've we've got you. You have there's people mm -hmm. out there, you know, we we can support you. You don't yeah. have to go back. Like I yeah. wish I could tell every postpartum mom that she is doing exactly what she needs to be doing and that she is worthy of love and rest and joy mm -hmm. exactly the way she is, who she is now, even if she doesn't even know who she is now, right? Mm -hmm. Because she's gone through this tremendous experience. Um, we don't want you to go back. Right? We, we want you and we love you exactly who you are right now and who you're going to be and you're going to grow. And um, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. <laughs> It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's, not, it's going to be more than okay. It's going to be spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, with my second postpartum, I really strongly did love every second of it. And my husband and I look back at it and we are like, wow, I wish we could go back to postpartum. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh, we it's so special. Loved every second of it. And yeah. with my first postpartum was a four letter word. Um, right. But with that's my second, postpartum has become synonymous with depression. When I say right. postpartum, and that's a big thing for me, it's not the same. Yes, exactly. And mm -hmm. I, I know that I mean the period after birth, you know. So, so mm -hmm. sometimes I've been saying postnatal because, you know, it's similar. But well, postnatal surrounds the baby, postpartum surrounds the mother. Right. Well, exactly, exactly. But when mm -hmm. I say postpartum, people are like, oh, you mean depression? I'm like, no, no, let me educate you a little bit. It's just mm -hmm. a period. Because again, yeah. we lack the language. We lack this yeah. language of matrescence. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, it's, so for everyone listening, start using matrescence in everyday language. And then you have the opportunity to educate people, point them back to this podcast and say, oh, yes. yeah, this is really good stuff that you should know about. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's look to the future, Susie. Where mm -hmm. do we see postpartum 
and motherhood or mothering in the next five years? Okay. I'm going to take an idealized vision and I'm going to say the way I see it is the way I want it to be. <laughs> because Manifest it. Speak yeah, it into fruition. Manifest. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking it into reality. So um, we have, we have achieved the policy changes that support new mothers in terms of paid maternity leave for people who would like to go back to work. Um, we have achieved postpartum support in both the spiritual, the physical, the people, like we said, the people coming to the new mother's house and binding her belly and bringing her food and, you know, giving her a nourishing body oil massage every single day. And um, she gets the benefit of, of grandmother wisdom, you know, the crone wisdom of elders because older women are also supported somehow in five years. It's all going to come together. I promise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then mothering is seen as an empowering experience. Mothering is mm -hmm. seen through the lens of, oh my gosh, I can't wait to become a mother because I know it's going to be, it's like a, it's like a fast track spiritual journey. You know, you could go mm -hmm. give up all your possessions and go meditate on the side of a mountain for five years, or you could just become a mother. Yeah. You could sit yeah. there, right? Like you could just become a mother. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I've achieved enlightenment because like, <laughs> there are times when I will sit and I will watch my daughter try and tie her own shoes. And it takes all of my uh, patience and like uh, self uh, well, I'm looking for the right word, like control, not to like self-regulation, not to just tie a bar. Yes, because I'm like, because I'm like, oh, honey, you're doing such a great job, and it's only been 17 minutes, and we're now late. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so motherhood is recognized as this empowerment experience and this this huge path to personal liberation. Yeah, I that's the future. Yep. I can see it now. Yes. <laughs> Become beautiful. a mom, achieve liberation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. So I'm a bibliophile and you know I am. I'm obsessed with books. I literally have a stack of 15 books next to my chair right now. Like I should probably slow down a little bit, but <laughs> you know I have to ask, what are yeah. your favorite? Let's just go top five, but if you can't keep it a five, that's okay. What are yeah. your favorite top five books about matrescence or mothering or um, that postpartum goodness. So I think I'm, I, a lot of the favorites are books you've probably read before. So I'm going to call attention to the two that I mentioned earlier of woman born mm -hmm. by Adrian rich. Mm -hmm. um, it is this classic It's 1974 feminist mothering text. And I read that a few years ago before I started. It, that was the book that inspired me to get my, my master's degree because it was like, I have never thought of motherhood in this way before. And mm -hmm. she lays it out in such a, she, she looks at motherhood through the lens of feminism and not mm -hmm. the feminism, not the second wave feminism that says, you know, go back to work and be like a man. And that's how you find validation. Mm -hmm. Rich looks at motherhood as this feminist experience, you know, because it, it these, these sort of traditional feminine things like um, menstruation and breastfeeding and birth and menopause are not considered experiences that would bring women empowerment, right? They're mm -hmm. be because we're still in this patriarchal society, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera. So of woman born, Adrian Rich, life-changing. Um, birth is an American rite of passage, and I don't have who wrote it off the top of my head, but again, it's kind of an academic text, but just the introduction. And then he, he goes through the pregnancy, um, postpartum, and like the first year of being a mother. Mm -hmm. really eye-opening in terms of how America treats women as, as in their transition to motherhood and like, mm -hmm. oh, and why this is important. It's important to understand these things, not just to be like, oh shit, the world is awful. Like, man, everything right. is messed up. It's important to know these things so that we can then make the distinction when I look at my house and I feel guilty because it's like piles of laundry everywhere and a weird smell coming from the garbage and like sticky counters. And I feel guilty about that as a mom, that's not mother mothering. That's motherhood as an institution, right? That's the rituals of being an American mother. And so when we have that distinction, I can say, okay, wait a second. Is that in my deepest value to provide a clean home for my child? And maybe, maybe it is, 
but maybe I'm just being, con- I've conditioned myself to equate housework with mother work, right? And so mm-hmm. we, so we read these things, these feminist and, and intersectional texts to learn more about where these ideas are coming from. Mm-hmm. And to widen that are- lens, to widen exactly. that ego yes. lens of what you see the world as. Yeah. Exactly. It yep. can also help you understand your own mother. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So there, oh, there's another book then. Um, it's called The Mother Line. Uh, it used to be called Stories mm-hmm. from the but the mother line, um, Naomi Ruth Lewinsky, something, Lubinsky, I'm not sure. Um, but the, she talks about this concept of reconnecting to your matrilineal ancestry, right? To, to go back to your mother, your mother's mother, your mother's mother, mother, because these stories aren't told, right? We're, we're told the stories of the father line. We inherit our father's last mm-hmm. name. We take our husband's last name. The stories of the mother line have been lost. And this storytelling is a very feminine way of knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, And this idea of looping that she introduces is this concept of understanding your mother's experience through your own mothering experience, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. seeing, seeing you, seeing yourself as a child through the eyes of your child. And so it's Mm -hmm. learning and it's a different way of knowing, not an intellectual way of knowing, it's an embodied way of knowing. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the mother line. Um, And then the, you know, the classics, the fourth trimester, obviously. So good. Classic. Um, the Conscious Parent, Dr. Mm. Shapali, that was a great one. Mm-hmm. That one really helps to understand this idea more that your child is here to bring you into higher levels of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And then um, the whole brain child. That's so that's good. like, it's so good. And it's a centering of the child and not the mother for sure. Um, but it's just so good. I feel like everyone should just read it because, because I go back does. over and over to that. Yeah. Over and over. You know, and again, every I time that. I think I've broken my child, I get that book back out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And it still works. It still works with my 12 year old. It still works. Mm-hmm. It works with my 12 year old, my nine year old, my six year old. Every t- I, I go back to it all the time and I'm like, oh, that's right. That's why they're so acting like this. They're so dysregulated. Mm-hmm. And I, and I bring them back. So I think you would I love this, Susie. I went over to my mom's house the other day and she had, she has a bookshelf and she has saved some books for my oldest for when he hits chapter book age. And she saved Mm -hmm. some books for my youngest for, you know, because she recently moved. So she had to get rid of a bunch of stuff, but then she also had this one shelf and she goes, Oh, those are the books I saved for you. But I just figured you would get them when you wanted them. I have three of those books. And I was like, Oh my gosh, mom, I didn't know that you read how to talk so your kids will listen and how to listen so your kids oh, will talk. She was like, well, honey, that's an old one. And then there was, uh, you know, all the, all the ones. Yeah. I, but I was like, oh my gosh, mom, she goes. And then there was, you know, like how, I forget one of them was like, um, your most frustrating child or something was the title of oh. it. And I was like, which one of us was that? And she goes, oh, likely you, your first one's always the most yeah. challenging. <laughs> like, okay. But, um, you know, I, I love, books and I love passing books to other people. And, you know, um, I'll say a couple of my favorites too. Um, and hopefully you've read a couple of them because, um, I love mama rising. I think any mom that that is deeply struggling with matrescence Mm -hmm. should Mm -hmm. absolutely read mama rising. Don't read it. If you aren't, you want to quit your job because you might just quit your job, (laughs) but (laughs) It's a great one. And I just read one called um, Motherhood, Finding and Facing Yourself. And if you like that anthropological, yes, the look at like, um, like if you loved humanities class in college, you'll love this book because it's like talking about the fables and the fairy tales and the different stories from different cultures and comparing it to motherhood. So like she mm-hmm. takes the story of like the, um, the Selkie women who, um, you know, they were seals and they came on land and a farmer stole one of their skins so that she had to stay a woman and they had to get married. And it's talking about that as a woman feeling that motherhood has taken away all of her opportunities in life. Um, And just bringing that back into like, if you are, if you feel like a selkie woman, a woman, these are the things, you know, this is how you need to mature. This is how you can grow. It's not a, you need to do this kind of book. It's more of a find this in yourself. And she also talked about, um, you know, when you have a child, you're literally looking at your trauma every day in the face and having to move past it and having to, having to work with that day after day, seeing your shadow in your kids is what she calls it. And I'm like, 
oh, wow, yes, I totally can relate to that. And so, you know, you're going to look at your children and they're the most beautiful, wonderful things you've ever created in this entire world, but you're also going to see the darkest parts of yourself in them. Yes. And I was like, whoa, yes, somebody finally said it. Yes. So um, those two books were absolutely amazing. Okay. And of course I have my huge pile right next to me. <laughs> yes, but those those ones, oh, and one of them you told me about a long time ago. Susie, which is it? after the baby's oh, birth, yes. a woman's way to wellness. That's yes. another one yes. that I enjoy. Yeah. So anyways, there, every time I look, there's more books about postpartum and I get so excited. Mm -hmm. And my view for these next five years is that we've started talking about it more. Yeah. It's going to become more normal. It's going yeah. to be something that you can talk about. It's not going to be something where you have to go hide. Right. Putting your meal train up on your Facebook or blasting it out to your email list, yes. that should be normal. I'm having a baby probably around this date. I need some food. That should be yep. normal. Yep. Requesting support because you're in this huge transformational and healing phase, body, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual healing, you shouldn't have to think about food. Right. I want that in five years. Gosh, I hope that's normal. I hope so. Yeah. That's my feeling. Yeah. I love it. Well, Susie, this has been so awesome. I want you oh, to tell us all about Mother Bloom because I know okay. you are relaunching that here soon. And so yes. I want to just tell everybody about it because I, I did it after I had my second. Um, and he's now 18 months. Oh, nice. and I, that big. I know. And the size of a three-year-old, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Um, <laughs> but it was absolutely um, healing to me in knowing my values, knowing myself and, um, you know, being able to say, this is my intuition. I feel this and this is yeah. valid. Yeah. So tell us all about it. Yeah. So Mother Bloom. So the idea for Mother Bloom came, has been, you know, percolating in my head for years and years and years. And I finally, um, through my degree program, was able to really clarify it. Um, so when I worked with you, it was, it was a one-on-one -on -one coaching thing to help really understand the framework. And now I'm offering it as a six-week group thing. Beautiful. Uh, the next one will be right around Mother's Day. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. But essentially, yeah. we have we go through kind of six modules and it's, it's like a flower bloom. It's very clever, right? <laughs> so the first one is, is soil and it's your mother line. And we talk about your matrilineal ancestry and we look at cultural and personal and archetypal ways of what we know about mothering. How do you know what you know about mothering? Just examining it. Then the next module is seeds. So we're planting the seeds and that is all about matrescence. So everything we talked about today, but it's also uh, the container that I create is we honor each woman's individual transition to motherhood. So whether you felt like your matrescence was, was honored and validated or not, I create the space to honor you. And sometimes that means recreating rituals and ceremonies that you wish you would have had and didn't. Mm -hmm. And it's calling mm -hmm. you by name and your baby by name, bringing you into that. Even if it's been five, six, eight years since you had your baby or six months, right? There's, there's, there's never not an appropriate time to go back and honor that transition. Mm -hmm. um, so then STEM is the next module. STEM is mother identity. And so that goes into, we talk about the ego. Um, we do a values exercise to look at what are the values that make you, you and who you are. What are the values that you've held your entire life? You as the person who was a baby and a second grader and everything, what hasn't changed and then what has. Right. So mm -hmm. honoring that identity shift. Um, so the first three, those first three modules are really sort of like, where did you come from? How did you become this mother? Then the next three modules are where are you going? So module four is leaves and that's mother agency. So now we talk about motherhood as an opportunity to develop like a feminine form of authority that defies patriarchal hierarchy. This is when we talk about co-creating family instead of the sort of traditional nuclear, you know, Father knows best, then mother, then children, then, you know, dog and goldfish. It's <laughs> how do we create boundaries to keep our family safe and create, co-create the family values all together. So it, it just reshifts the way we think about family and, and motherhood as a family. Um, then the fifth module is flower. So now we're blooming. It's mothering consciously. 
And this is that awakened mothering for self-growth. How are you using interactions with your children to reflect back on you and I deal with your shadow work, right? We get into the deep stuff in the last few sessions because now we understand a lot more. Now we have the tools to cope with it. Um, and I really want to develop this practical like, okay, what do you do when your three-year-old is screaming at you? No, like this is your opportunity and it can go a couple different ways and here are some tools to help you. Mm-hmm. So then the last module, pollen, right? So now we're going to spread it out into the world. It's maternal activism. So we look through your motherhood experience to discover your passion and purpose in life. And I give examples like um, Mothers Against Drunk Driving or La Leche League. You think of these organizations that were created because of women's motherhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's not that every woman is meant to go out and become you know, an activist in one way or another. But I truly think that when you mother intentionally, that is the most radical act of defiance to the patriarchy ever. Like you're act, you are an activist just because you are a conscious, aware, intentional, awake mother who is doing this work to improve your own motherhood experience. That's your activism right there. And so how does that then take you forward for the rest of your life and apply it to, you know, work and relationships and, and everything that you are. So that's like my whew, speed through mother bloom, but it's, I, it's really, tra- as you said, it's really transformational. I'm really proud of it. I'm it really is. proud of it. It's, it is. It's good. Yeah. It's such a fantastic program. And one that I definitely think complements any, um, any mom who is in postpartum or any mom that's struggling with matrescence or any mom that's struggling with that mother wound or any mom that is struggling with feeling that their motherhood is invisible. Yes. Um, I think that all of those, um, those things that can come from motherhood into our mothering. I think that, um, Mother Bloom is so fantastic for anyone feeling that way, um, especially if you feel that your motherhood is not celebrated or your mothering yeah. is not celebrated. Yeah. Um, being able to feel that confidence and that um, fe- feeling that confidence and that self celebration of motherhood and mothering. Yeah. Um, I can say that when I finished, I still to this day because I mean, what we finished a year ago, probably maybe even we did longer. Was, yeah. Yep. Yep. And I still to this day feel very confident in my mothering mm-hmm. and I feel very proud to be, to have mother as part of my identity. And that's something yeah. that you dig into too. That is really like, Ooh, good, juicy stuff. Oh, juicy stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, for me, it came out of um, when I left my career to be a stay at home mom, mm-hmm. I was so confused at why I felt so worthless in society. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I felt so invisible I felt so yeah. like my, I wasn't contributing. I didn't have any value anymore. And I was so mm-hmm. frankly pissed off about that. Like, wait a second, yeah. what, how, how has this happened? How have we gone this far? And, and I'm like a pretty smart woman and I feel mm-hmm. like motherhood is just like, oh, I'm so, so frustrated and confused and with everything that I started reading all the things and I started developing it and I went back to school and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is what mothers need. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on, Susie. This was so wonderful. I wish I could chat with you every week and we could just I know. Spread our <laughs> spread our pollen of motherhood activism. Exactly. Exactly. This is your pollen. I love it. I love it. So tell people where they can find you. Yep. So my website is pretty easy. It's my name, susiefishleader.com. Hopefully you'll print that somewhere because I know Fishleader is not your name. Yep. Thank you. Um, Instagram is just susie.fishleader. And from those two places, you can pretty much connect with me no matter what. I try to do, I've, I've really embraced Instagram reels lately. I think you they, are amazing. Yours are amazing. Coming yeah, from someone that does one daily now. I'm you. very impressed with yours. <laughs> yeah. So it's just this fun, silly, like I make fun of myself while I'm doing them. But it's these, just the idea of being able to give a quick little one second or one minute bite of like, Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? You don't have to think this. You can think this instead. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, what? that's pretty cool. So yeah, Instagram, my website. Um, I will be doing Mother Bloom as a group, six-week group program again around Mother's Day. I'm not sure exactly when, but uh, it's going to be great. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Susie. I loved this.
Thanks, lady. Talk soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Holistic Life for Moms. I hope that you will follow along with me over on Instagram at treemamaherbals.com where I'm continuing the discussion of postpartum support and also um, over on my website at www.treemamaherbals.com. You can also find me on Facebook again at Tree Mama Herbals. Um, <clears throat> if you're looking for information on my course, herbal medicine making for moms it is now live and you can find it at www.treemamaherbals.thinkific.com i'll make sure that's in the show notes uh, in that course you'll learn how to make all herbal medicines for your kids safely at home so that you can keep your kids healthy all year round uh, it's specifically made for moms with recipes printables and how to's throughout if you have any questions please don't hesitate to reach out i hope you all have a beautiful day and enjoy your holistic life